Welcome to the Crown City Podcast. I'm your host, James DePietro. This is a show that explores the people and places that make our neighborhoods our home. On this episode, I have a very cool guest. Dennis Robinson is the co-founder and creative director behind Passing a Classic, a clothing brand built around his love for the city and what it represents. Dennis is Pasadena through and through. He went to Cleveland Elementary, Washington Middle School, and John Muir High School, following the large footsteps of his famous grandfather, Mac, and his granduncle, Jack. As you will hear, Dennis not only has a connection with Pasadena's past through his family's long history here, but also has a connection to its future as a proud father that wants the best for his children. I really enjoyed this opportunity to talk to Dennis because he reminds us that sometimes we need to take a step back from our hometown to really appreciate it. When he studied design and visual communication at UC Davis, he realized how special Pasadena really was and made his way back here, having given up his dream to go into animation, but fine-tuning his love for design. After previous attempts at creating a Pasadena-focused company, Dennis, alongside his cousin JC, launched Pasadena Classic in 2019. Since then, and despite a global pandemic, they have jumped right in to support the community they are a part of. They have donated t-shirts to children, helped organize social justice protests, and are a driving force behind the Rose City Market and 626 Dina Day, an event on June 26th that will bring together around 50 minority-owned vendors from Pasadena and Altadena. With a strong family name to uphold, Dennis is creating a new way to give back to Pasadena. His story is empowering because it shows us how we stand on the shoulders of those who have gone before us, how to create our own identity, and ultimately rise to the moment we are given. So, without further delay, my conversation with Pasadena Classics, Dennis Robinson. Dennis, thank you very much for coming on the show. I greatly appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's, a, it's an honor to be here and I'm excited to, uh, to chat with you today. Well, I thought that, you know, we'd start with your family background. While you come from one of the most famous families in Pasadena, I'm really interested to hear about kind of your personal background uh, before we kind of get into Pasadena Classic. So with that in mind, can you share a little bit more about yourself and your upbringing in Pasadena? Yeah, absolutely. Happy to do so. Um, so yeah, so I'm Pasadena native, uh, born and raised. Uh, as you mentioned, <laughs> a famous, famous Pasadena family. Uh, I, I am a Robinson. Uh, my grandfather is Mac Robinson, who ran in the, the 1936 Olympics in Berlin, Germany. And uh, his younger brother, uh, some of you might have heard of him, Jackie Robinson, first Negro player to break into the major leagues, play for the Brooklyn Dodgers. So yeah, so that's that's the lineage that I come from. But yeah, as far as family, we have a we have a pretty large family on my mom's side. So it's my mother's father who is Mac Robinson. Uh, she has five other siblings, so it's six of them between my grandfather and my grandmother. And I have a whole host of cousins and second cousins and things like that. But we're a very close knit family and very proud of of carrying the Robinson name and being from Pasadena. 
So yeah, so that's a little bit about my family. As I mentioned, born and raised. So I went to Cleveland Elementary School. I went to Washington Middle School. I went to John Muir High School. I'm a proud Mustang. And I even took a few classes at, at Pasadena City College. Um, and so all this, all the schools that I've gone to, you know, Uncle Jack went to as well. And so I even, I tried to extend my luck and, and apply to UCLA, but I got denied. <laughs> so so the, the, the lineage of, of, of going to the same uh, schools as Uncle Jack ends at, ends at PCC. But um, yeah, so that's, that's a little about me, about me raised in Northwest Pasadena, right off of, of Lincoln, um, actually right across from, from Cleveland Elementary School on Palisade Street. So the Rose Bowl is literally my background. Spent many of the evenings there going, I actually used to work at the Rose Bowl. Um, that was my first job. So, I mean, I'm Pasadena through and through. You definitely are. So what is the pressure like to uphold the Robinson name here? And how do you balance living up to your family's legacy while creating your own identity, do you think? Ooh, that's a great question. I think I'd like to maybe rephrase it and say, I don't know if, the, if it's pressure, but more so um, responsibility. I think, I think back in high school, I might have experienced a little bit of pressure in that because I did play football um, at John Muir High School. And, you know, most everyone knew I was related to Jackie Robinson. So they were all, how come you're not playing baseball? So baseball was like the furthest thing that I, <laughs> that I would, I, I was like, I'm, I'm not, t- baseball, I'm not touching. Uncle Jack has that on lock and I am not going to make myself look crazy by trying, trying to go out and <laughs> try and, and replicate something that I'm not. So I, I went the football route. But, um, you know, I, you know, I, I think it's, it's, it's just a responsibility that, you know, just continuing on the, the groundwork that both my grandfather and Uncle Jack sort of like set. You know, my grandfather was really big on the community. He was really big on having presence in the community. And particularly being 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 there for the youth and sort of being like a, a mentor to the young the young black men that were coming up in the city for a number of reasons. And so uh, I, I carry that with me, you know, being a black male, being from Pasadena, being a black male in America. I don't take any of that lightly. You know, I, I definitely, you know, I welcome the responsibility and definitely carry it with me every day. So, yeah, so I would say it's more of a responsibility rather than pressure. And in that, you know, I, I would say, you know, with both grandpa and uncle Jack, you know, these were two men who were, who made names for themselves in the athletic arena in the sports world. And for me, you know, even though I, you know, I, I played football and things like that, I knew I wasn't trying to go to the NFL. Um, I actually didn't want to play in college. I decided, you know, when I, when I did graduate from John Muir high school that, you know, I, I didn't want to play college ball, but rather really start pursuing um, my passion and what I really love to do, which was just being creative. At that time, I wanted to go into animation. Um, I had huge dreams of, of working for Walt Disney and being a Disney animator. Love to draw growing up. And so that was, <clears throat> that, was, that was a passion of mine. That was something that I wanted to pursue. But then once I got to college and there was one animation class that they were offering out of their entire curriculum, I mean, I went to UC Davis, so that's not, <laughs> it's not like they're known for any of the arts or any of any sort of like animation or have like a strong animation program by any means, but they did have an animation class that I took and I hated it. <laughs> I did not like it at all. And I think a lot of it had to do with really learning more about myself and my creative style. You know, being an animator, you're literally drawing frame by frame and, you know, v- being very, you know, meticulous in recreating, but like changing, you know, your illustration slightly so that, you know, when you run it all together, you have the animation. 
I just didn't have that sort of like attention span. I just, <laughs> like I was like, I want to just create something and then move on to the next thing. And so um, I came up, I came up, I stumbled upon a design class um, that was just an overview of like logo design, um, page layout for like magazines and things like that. And I was like, OK, this this I love. And as I started to really kind of like dive into it, I started realizing and looking back that like I've always been interested in design um, and creating because I've always paid attention to logos. I've always paid attention to color schemes. I've always sort of like, you know, when I picked up different books and looked at the design of book covers and the typography and things like that, those were things that were catching my eye. I just didn't know how to name it. I didn't know how to put, you know, identify what that was or what that interest was. And so um, once I discovered that and realized that, you know, that's when I just really started running with 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 this new passion. All that to say, <laughs> all that to then kind of go back to the initial question, I, I've learned or I'm learning, I'm still learning that learning how to use my talents within the greater scope of the family legacy, right? Like finding my own sort of like lane that I can carve out while still upholding, you know, the values of community and of perseverance and resilience that both my grandfather and Uncle Jack um, displayed. When you think about the shift that you had to make between animation and design, who are your kind of early influences that really uh, encouraged your development of your creativity? I don't know if there was a particular, I would say like individual or influence that helped the shift happen, but I would just say kind of just going back into my childhood, you know, just growing up on cartoons, right? On everything from all the Disney movies, Ninja Turtles, Batman, the animated series, X-Men, Spider-Man. Like once I learned that there are individuals behind these cartoons, like actually creating these cartoons, I was like, I want to be a part of that. Like I I just, I always knew that I I wanted to be a part of that um, somehow, some way. I remember, I forget which Disney movie it was, but there at the end of the film, they actually kind of go behind the scenes and show you how like the film was like created, you know, starting from like simple, like, uh, shape sketches to then how they, you know, build upon with layers and more sort of like design and, and that sort of thing to, you know, to them where you get, you know, the color and background and layers and things like that. And, I was, and I've, I've always just been fascinated with that process. Um, but it wasn't until I actually <laughs> I took my class, my, that class at UC Davis, that I was just like, yeah, this, this is not, <laughs> this is not for me. But, uh, but yeah, so yeah, I, don't, I can't say that there's like one particular person, but I can say that the seed for um, having a clothing line or having a, a t-shirt brand, there was a seed that was planted fairly early and I didn't realize it until, you know, later in life. I'd say I was maybe nine or 10 years old and I had an older cousin. Her husband was actually, he he and his group of friends had started a, a t-shirt line, a graphic t-shirt line. And I just remember him coming by the house and dropping off some shirts for us. And I was blown away. I was I was blown away from the fact that, you know, there's someone who looks like me creating something that people would wear. Right. And I was and I remember I vividly remember taking in the the T-shirt, the fabric of the T-shirt, taking in the actual design on the T-shirt, questioning why he did certain things down to even the the hang tag that he put on the T-shirt. And to this day, I can actually see the logo that um, that he created. And so that's that's something that's always sort of been like dormant and sort of like with you know, that, was, that was a seed that was planted. I just I never realized it until later when I started really pursuing uh, the T-shirt thing again, that 
that's honestly where the passion stems from and grows from was that sort of exposure to seeing someone that looks like me creating and having and owning his own sort of like clothing line. I thought that was just like, I was mind blown. You know, I thought that was just amazing. So yeah, I would say that was definitely an influ- an early influence that, that I'm realizing today. Well, it seems like life is a combination of like epiphanies, like taking the animation class and realizing very quickly that it wasn't for you. And also, like you said, seeing that t-shirt when you were nine and these little pieces, they all kind of come together to kind of create a kind of a path for us. So it's kind of interesting to hear that kind of story from you. Last thing about kind of your, your family background, Jack and Mac had a complicated history in Pasadena. You know, your grandfather famously once remarked, if anybody in Pasadena was proud of me, other than my family and close friends, they never showed it. You know, at the same time, it was also the city where Pasadena businessmen raised money to send Mac to the Olympics in or Olympic trials in New York City or in New York. With all this family history and thinking about your own experiences, what do you think Pasadena means to you? Before I get into what Pasadena means to me, I definitely want to definitely just acknowledge that statement, that, that quote um, that you just read uh, from my grandfather, because it, it, it definitely is something that I carry with me in, in always sort of like thinking about grandpa and thinking about, you know, what he meant to the city and what the city meant to him <laughs> and how he was treated in the city. You know, you have someone who defied odds and, you know, went to went to New York for the trials, but then also then traveled with, I believe, 18 other um, black American athletes um, to compete in the, in the 1936 games. But then not only go there, but then also compete and compete at a level that sort of like dismantled Hitler's plan of trying to showcase that the Aryan race was a superior race and outperform them, come home as a decorated medal, uh, 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 Olympic medalist, earning the silver medal. And to come home and, and, and just to not be acknowledged, but rather end up having to take up a job, you know, sweeping the passing streets. Some actually say, I think, I think this is actually a story he, he's probably told our family is, is he was actually sweeping those Pasadena streets in his USA sweatshirt that he got while he was in the Olympics. And so sort of like hearing that and um, really internalizing that. Is, is something that, you know, it, it, it's just something I carry with me, something I, I definitely think about, but also something that I, I, I'm appreciative of um, because there's lessons in there in that despite all that, despite still trying to show his greatness and not being, in a sense, recognized from the city for it, he still gave to the city, right? He still like literally gave to the city by still literally being there for the city by sweeping those streets, right? By being there for the youth, et cetera, et cetera. And so, um, those are just reminders to, you know, not be persuaded by wrong uh, doings that are done to you, but, you know, just continue on. If there if there's a certain specific goal or task at hand, you're doing it for the greater good, you know, not just for yourself. It's bigger than yourself in a sense. And so that's 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 sort of, you know, again, what I kind of carry with me. But then to answer the question of what Pasadena means to me, um, you know, that's a loaded question. I mean, I, you know, Pasadena, Pasadena, I mean, it's home. I, I think Pasadena and I think home. I immediately picture the foothills, you know, the streets. I mean, it's, it's, there's so much um, comfort that comes up when, when I hear the word Pasadena or when I think of Pasadena. You know, I didn't really um, appreciate 
Pasadena growing up. I mean, I, I kind of knew that the, that the city was special when you're realizing that, you know, you know, every year on New Year's Day, we have the Rose Parade and it's something that is actually broadcasted nationally. And in some countries, some other countries I'm hearing, or when you recognize City Hall and different TV programs and things like that, or you see certain certain houses that you recognize that you know is a Pasadena house, you know, a house from Pasadena. You kind of know like there's something special about this place, but it wasn't until I I left and went to UC Davis and, and lived in, in Davis, California for, for those four years. That's when I really, my love for home and my love for Pasadena um, grew tenfold, you know. Um, that's when I really was like, oh no, Pasadena is an amazing place. There's no, there's no, there's no other city like it. What other city can say they have the Rose Bowl, you know, the the, the granddaddy stadium of them all. So yeah, so I, I, it wasn't until I was in college when I really was like, you know, I love, I love, I love Pasadena. And that was actually when I began to really start to represent Pasadena. Again, I was taking design classes. So now I was starting to play with different little graphics and trying to hone in and see how I can, how I can further represent, um, took a silk screening class. And now, now I'm taking concepts of home and, and able to, to put them on shirts. So my actual, my first, my very first attempt at a Pasadena brand started, started during my undergrad. So that's, that's kind of like where this journey to Pasadena Classic really started. Well, I think that's a perfect segue to my next question, which is, as legend has it, Pasadena Classic was created in 2019 following the death of Nipsey Hussle a rapper and community activist who invested and revitalized his home area of Crenshaw. So how was Nipsey a role model for you? And how did his commitment to Crenshaw inspire you to create Pasadena Classic? First off, rest in peace to Nipsey Hussle. Um, <laughs> Nipsey Hussle, I mean, just Nipsey Hussle, the name, the name itself is, is just um, has so much weight to it. I remember back in, I think it was 2013, I believe, when he dropped his Crenshaw mixtape. And he did something that, that has, has never been done with, with mixtapes before. And that was, he actually were, he, I think he had a thousand copies created or, or made, and he was selling them at $100 a pop. And I mean, that's, that's unheard of for just in a studio album, but let alone a mixtape. You know, and then on top of that, you're like you're not a, a big name, you know, global star. Like you, you know, you're 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 a local you're a local rapper from LA. And so I remember I remember hearing about that and just being blown away. Like, okay, that's different. That's 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 some out of the box sort of like moves right there. And so that's when I really started to sort of pay attention to just to Nipsey Hussle and just what he was about, you know, and learning more about his his um his pursuit of ownership, his pursuit of, of, of really owning, owning his, his creativity and his artwork, owning businesses, local businesses, creating and really um, establishing a great foundation for his community. You know, that was just, that was always inspiring. And so fast forward to, to 2019 at his, you know, his untimely death, it hit, it hit hard. It hit a lot of us hard who, who knew of Nipsey Hussle, who followed, followed Nipsey Hussle. Um, some of us were new to Nipsey Hussle because he had just dropped his studio album, I, I believe a year prior to that. So he was just coming up on a year of his, uh, his studio album, uh, Victory Lap. And so, 
I think I think his death honestly was felt by a lot of people, myself included. And I mean, by no means am I am I here to say that I was like a hardcore Nipsey fan or anything like that. But when you have somebody coming from an environment that you that's familiar to you, right? That you that you definitely you know you're akin to, and and see the path that he was on, the trajectory that he was on with the things that he was doing with his music, with business, with technology. He was huge with technology, but then also his love for the youth. It, it was nothing but inspiring. And so when he was murdered, you know, I'm scrolling through Facebook and kind of just reading all the different reactions that everyone's having with it. Um, I came up, I came across my cousin, my older cousin's post, uh, JC, and it read something along the lines of, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see, you know, all the love that people are sharing, you know, about Nipsey, you know, with wearing his, Crenshaw shirt, you know, he was known to have the, the sort of that Crenshaw um, script shirt, but he was like, but you know, we need something for Dina. Like where's, where's Dina, you know, Pasadena needs something like that. It was, his post was something to that effect. And so it got me thinking again, you know, got me thinking about, you know, my many attempts at trying to create sort of like a Pasadena brand. As I mentioned earlier, you know, I tried to start my first one back in undergrad, you know, back in like 2006, 2007. And then I've had like maybe two or three attempts after that, you know, trying to switch it up and trying to still create something that's stuck and nothing stuck. And so I kind of left it alone. But once I saw once I saw this post, it kind of reinvigorated that sort of like that, uh, the passion, the vision, the, the go ahead. And so he and I connected. We threw around some ideas of how this can how this can work. And so. Uh, what came from it was our first drop, which was um, titled These Dina Streets. And so basically what we did was we took the concept of uh, Nipsey Hussle's Crenshaw. And instead of just having one sort of like street name from Pasadena, we figured we highlight, you know, different streets. So different known streets. Um, so anywhere from Lincoln to Colorado, Fair Oaks, Washington you know, lake, you know, things like that. And we're like, let's just put it on the shirt, just plain text, put it across the shirt and just see what the response is. And people loved it. People, you know, I, you know, coming from Pasadena and being around Pasadena, you know, we love the city. We love to, we love to say that we're from Pasadena. We love to say that we're about Pasadena and we love to rep in any way that we can. And so allowing people to wear these street, you know, these street tees, you know, amplified that. And so because it was such a great response, we even took it a step further and started offering uh, customized street street tees. So literally, you just let us know what street name you want on your shirt and we'll get it done for you. And so that really kind of like propelled us you know, to the next level in terms of like just getting our name out and getting people to, to tap in with us and things like that, which was exciting. And so then from there, it just kind of just, you know, it just kept evolving. And um, what I noticed with this attempt with creating a, a Pasadena brand, I don't want to say it was effortless. It was effortless, but it was seamless in terms of like things were just were just clicking and things were just happening, which was nice. Whereas in my previous attempts, there was always some sort of like hang up or hesitation or obstacle that just I just couldn't like break through for whatever reason. And so but this time around, it just seemed it just seemed like there was just a connection both with myself and my partner and and also with just people from the city, you know, and, and, and them tapping in with us. So and just grew from there. Well, your name classic and it's an acronym for cultivating legacy and supporting our community. You know, knowing that you have donated shirts to after school programs, you've helped organize protests last year. 
and you've organized a holiday toy drive, where do you want Classics Legacy to be? Ooh, that's a great question. Yeah, so the name actually, so we just recently, like maybe six, eight months ago, abbreviated the word classic to CLSE, period. When trying to develop the name for Pasadena Classic, we knew that Pasadena, you know, we wanted Pasadena in the name, but we weren't sure how we wanted to sort of like in that sort of like name, right? Like, do we want, are we trying to make a statement? Are we trying to, you know, what are we trying to do with, with, this, with this brand? And so <clears throat> Classic um, kept sticking out to me and just, it really, I liked how Passing the Classic sounded. Um, at the time, you know, I was, I think I was being a little, <laughs> a little cheesy with naming it because I was like, Passing is just a classic city. You know, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of class with it and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, it, that didn't really go anywhere. But, you know, I still decided to, we, we decided to stick with Passing the Classic. But it was, it was late last year that we, I had the idea to change it or to at least abbreviate the word classic and, and to make it an acronym just to give it some more substance, you know, and give it give it a little bit more meaning, um, especially with the year that we've all gone through with with the pandemic, with the uh, the racial injustice, you know, the murder of, of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, the names go on. And we I mean, there there are there were slaying, you know, individuals from our very own city that are also, that were also, you know, that we were thinking about. And so coming up with the acronym, uh, cultivating legacy and supporting our community period, you know, really kind of hones in on the mission of us being more than just sort of like a clothing brand, a cool, catchy, trendy clothing brand for the city, but really trying to be a movement that is really honestly for the community. And so in, do, in that, you know, we also wanted to make sure that we're, we're not just talking that talk, but walking it. And so that comes with us being a part of, you know, the, the peaceful demonstrations that we, that we facilitated back in, you know, late last summer. Um, and then also, you know, the toy drive that we did, you know, this past holiday season and even, you know, even donating shirts to that amazing group of young, of young, young black boys, um, their after school program, their little, their little math club that they started, which I just thought was amazing. Um, you know, stuff like that to really, and we're continuing to still find ways that we can really sort of uplift and support the community, you know, because if that's a part of our name, you know, we definitely need to make sure that we're, that we're doing so. Since you started almost two years ago, like you said, so much has happened since then. And so much has happened in the last 12 months. How is the message you wanted to tell and the mission of Classic evolved over the past 12, 18 months? I think I would say starting out, the mission or the goal was was really just to be, you know, just a passing a brand, you know, for folks to just rock and um, just giving them another another brand to, uh, you know, to rep the city. But, you know, given the past, you know, 12 plus months that we've all experienced, you know, we quickly realized how much we need and depend on one another. <laughs> um, we need community, you know, humans are a communal people. So it's, you know, we're stronger together and it only felt right. And it was, it was sort of like a natural sort of shift to really find ways to highlight and to, and to be, be of the community. You know, you know, we come from this community, so so why not find ways to to be a part of it in this lane of wearable, you know, wearable products? 
And then in addition to all of that, you know, it's, I, I also think it's important to, to inspire, you know, the way that my grandfather inspired, the way that Uncle Jack inspired. <clears throat> I think it's important to, 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 to inspire others. And so, you know, Uncle Jack has a, has a famous quote, life's, life's not important except for the impact it has on other lives. And so, you know, we want to make sure that we're impacting lives and not just sort of um, just being, but seeing how we can be of service, you know, and, and help, help one another. And so with all that in mind, we realize that we have this, this great vehicle of passing the classic to really be able to, um, to, to amplify that. And so that's what we're, that's what we're setting out to do. Currently classic is only available online. You know, in addition, each shirt is made to order. And because of this, I'm sure that you have a lot more of a connection to each piece that you make. How have you successfully created a community around an online presence? And do you have plans to open up a physical location? Yeah, uh, it's, it's been a learning experience, I would say. You know, as I mentioned before, my previous attempts with, with having an online business coupled with working with and meeting different ways in which to produce product um, all kind of came to a head with Pasadena Classic. I recently connected with a local um, printer who, you know, didn't require any minimums when it came to printing. So that was nice because um, oftentimes when starting a clothing line, um, depending on how you're getting your product made, you know, a, a lot of times what hurts a lot of, of people who are starting out is the upfront cost. And then you're having inventory that you're sitting on that may not be moving as quickly as you'd like it to move. And then also then there's the website, you know, getting a website built and then managing the website, managing orders, all that sort of thing. You know, fast forward to, you know, a couple of years ago, just getting introduced to the printer that I work with now and great platforms like Shopify and Wix and things like that that make building and maintaining websites a lot easier for folks. Just made just made the online sort of like establishing an online presence a lot easier, a lot smoother, um, because that was part of the headache that I was experiencing years back when I was trying to set things up. You know, there's just a lot of a lot of headaches that came with setting up and managing and coordinating and things like that. Whereas fast forward to today, thanks to technology, things are a lot, things are, are improving <laughs> the way we do things. And so once those things were in place, you know, and, and really utilizing social media, Instagram, you know, work can travel fast with, <clears throat> with a post, with a hashtag, with especially, you know, when you start kind of utilizing different identifiers that are already in, in, in place around Pasadena, you know, you'll get eyes on it. And so that's, that's sort of what has, what has helped sort of like grow this online, our online presence. Um, and it's continuing to grow, which we're, we're really, really excited about. I mean, we're just the response that we're getting, even to this day, it's just, it's been, it's been awesome. It's been amazing. And yeah, absolutely. I, I hope to, I don't hope I will, I will have, <laughs> passing the classic, we'll have a brick and mortar physical location in Old Town one day. <laughs> you know, how we're going to get there, only God knows, but it's going to happen. I'm speaking it into existence um, because I think it's important. I think it's it's vital that that we have we have physical presence in the city, especially with a lot of the work that we're still planning to do and would like to do um, beyond beyond um, clothes itself. You know, I think it's it's imperative that that we that we make our mark you know, on the city. So absolutely. So everyone stay tuned for that. Or if you know an investor and an angel investor, please send them my way. <laughs> Will do. Um, you've re recently released your designs for summer. 
in addition to several new designs that feature a lot more color, you have a shirt that reads, Yet Still I Rose, which is kind of a play on the rose. This merging of design and message is fundamental to you. What does this shirt represent about you at this particular moment? A lot. Everything. So that that design concept, actually, um, I can't take any credit for it. It's 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 all my partner JC's idea. And it's funny uh, with with our partnership, because even though I'm the lead designer and lead creative, I often I often and he knows this. I often like will fight him on certain concepts or ideas that he might pitch or come up with because I don't see the, I don't see the gym in it yet. And so with that particular one, it wasn't a hard no. But I was like, okay, how can we really sit with this, you know, and, and and really make it something? And so the phrase itself is strong, right? But then I was part of me was also worried about well, are people are people gonna think that we're that we're trying to play off of the great poet, our ancestor Maya Angelou, and, and play off of yet still I rise, but yet it's still I rose, you know, and that sort of thing. And then also, does that sound funny? Are people gonna, you know, what are they gonna think or whatever? Um, but after sitting with it. And thinking about the times that we're in, you know, it's I mean, it's it's timely. It's a timely it's a timely statement because it speaks to perseverance. You know, it speaks to, you know, defying those odds, you know, and and continuing to move forward despite, you know, your current situation. And I think we're all kind of facing that one way or another. Again, referring to the, the, the global pandemic that we're that we're still sort of stuck with. And so. Um, yeah, so that so so that so the design itself is uh, you know it's simple in design, but also it, I feel like it's pretty powerful. We actually did something different with the with our um, production, and actually the the word rose is actually with um, they call it puff paint, so it's raised off of the shirt a little bit. You can actually feel it, and so again, that's sort of like just playing with the design element of um, both the phrase and then actually the, the actual physical uh, shirt itself. Very cool. Passing a Classic is a proud Black-owned business that you created with your cousin from the ground up. Do you think we do enough to encourage people, especially members of the Black community, to start new businesses in Pasadena? And if not, how does the city and how does the community empower them? That's a great question. I don't know if I can, I can pinpoint and say, yes, the city equips um, Black and Brown folks with the resources and things like that to start their own business. I will say that the community um, is doing an amazing job with getting the ball rolling. Just in the past few years alone, I've, I've seen a lot more black and brown businesses, you know, start up and, and, and are getting their two legs under them and really doing something for themselves and for the community, which is amazing, which is inspiring. I was actually talking to a friend of mine a few, a few weeks ago and, and sort of mentioned that it's it's almost like we're in this sort of like, you know, Pasadena Renaissance, right? So, you know, referring to like the Harlem Renaissance of all these black and brown sort of like, um, you know, it's like this new wave of sort of just creativity and uh, entrepreneurship that that we're that we're experiencing right now. But I can't I can't I can't confidently say that I feel supported by the city of Pasadena. And that's sort of that was sort of the idea of of why we wanted to do something with, you know, our, our partners at, you know, Hood Liberation with the Rose City Market 636 Dina Day um, really come together and bring um, and highlight, you know, black and brown businesses who we may or may not know about or may or may not be familiar with, but just give them an opportunity and, and provide space for 
for our community and for the greater, larger Pasadena community to to meet these businesses and, and support these businesses. So, yeah. That's a that's a great transition because it segues nicely into the next question. And I think you've touched on it a little bit, talking about 626 Dina Day. What do you want people to take away from the event, do you think? I want people to take away, well, physically, I want them to take away all the goods that are being sold there, right? <laughs> so I definitely want folks to to come and spend and spend some good money with, with all of these great local businesses from the Pasadena and Altadena um, area. But to take also take away just a sense of a sense of of pride, a sense of inspiration, a sense of culture, a sense of hope for the future. You know, this is something that we're you know again. This is our first. This is our first ever sort of six to six Dina Day market um, that that we're looking to actually do annually. This is something that we want to do annually, and and we would like it to grow each year. And, um, but it's, we have to start somewhere and, you know, it's, it's funny. We, we started planning for this about two months ago and initially we were thinking about maybe having, you know, 20 to 25 vendors, you know, because between the two organizations, both passing the classic and hood liberation, you know, we, we kind of drafted out a list of about 25 or so vendors that we could see, you know, be a part of this event. And so we said, you know, instead of actually going that route and, and inviting these specific uh, businesses, let's just sort of open it up and just allow people to, because we don't know what businesses are out there, right? Let's just allow an opportunity for folks to apply to be a part of this event. And so once the once the form went up, we were like, okay, we'll probably get, you know, maybe, you know, 35, 40, you know, businesses. Within two days, <laughs> we got hit with about 90 businesses. Small black owned, brown owned businesses that are all within the Pasadena and Altadena communities that we had no idea existed. And so we're like, wow, like, and a lot of us are from the city. I mean, we're in the streets. And so it's, you know, and we patron at these different, you know, at, at some of the businesses that we that we know of. But to see the the interest and and just the existence of these businesses, we said, OK, this is this is why we're doing this. I mean, because we had no idea. And so, you know, we're, we're sure that the greater the greater city at large has no idea. So this I mean, this is why we see, you know, there's value in this. And so um, we're excited. We're, we're definitely excited. We definitely had we couldn't, unfortunately, <laughs> include all 90 because that would be a huge event. And um, hopefully next year we'll be able to accommodate a lot more. But we we're, we're, we're aiming to have about 50 vendors, um, a couple of food trucks. We're also going to have performers mostly who are from the city. Um, so musicians, rappers, um, I think I saw a drum line on the docket, a spoken word, just a nice mix of just different performances um, and performers uh, to, again, to to amplify and highlight, you know, just the, the rich diversity um, that the city has, you know. So we're excited. We're, we're definitely we're definitely excited. So. We, we just hope that everyone, you know, that people come out, <clears throat> support and just and just take a little bit of passing their love back home with them. So the the idea of of six to six Dina Day actually came about last year during the pandemic. Something that I was doing um, that I was kind of playing around with on social media was when we were hitting certain numbers in terms of our followers. 
if it was something related to anything Pasadena, I I'd screenshot it and post about it, right? So when we when we when we started the Instagram account and we were slowly growing, when we hit, you know, two hundred and ten followers, two ten, the two ten freeway. So I took a picture of that, posted it, and did it again when we hit uh, six hundred and twenty six followers, you know, just kind of playing off of recognizable numbers, right? Affiliated with the city. Um, so fast forward to last summer. I'm, I forget what exactly what I was working on, but I was looking at the calendar and I typically, um, when I write out dates, you know, I don't obviously, I mean, most people don't write out, you know, September, October, you know, write out the full name of the date, but, you know, abbreviate it right with nine or 10 or whatever. And so I was writing out something that was happening where I was writing out, um, June 26th, but you know, six slash two, six. I was like, wait a minute, that, you know, that's our, <laughs> that's our area code. Oh, snap. Pass me today. And so then it got me thinking, I, I was, I was really thinking to myself, like, how come, I wonder why it hasn't been sort of like a thing, right? Like Pasadena day, six, two, six, June 26th. It's in the summertime. It's when we're usually out and about barbecues and picnics and things like that. Like how come th- th- there's no hoorah around it? Right. And so, um, so we started planning to possibly do some sort of like block party last year, but in true COVID fashion, <laughs> it shut all those plans down. None of that was happening, um, but we still wanted to at least acknowledge the day and kind of sort of put our stamp on the day. And so um, what we ended up doing was we created sort of like a campaign leading up to June 26th of last year, inviting people to share, you know, what they loved about the city, what the city meant to them, maybe their favorite place to eat, et cetera, et cetera. And so I then took all of those compiled responses, created some cool graphics that was that were then shared out on 626 on June 26th of last year. To still, you know, at least give some sort of um, acknowledgement to, you know, what we were trying to coin as now Dina Day, Pasadena Day. So fast forward to this year, as we're sort of like seeing the light at the end of the tunnel with things as things are opening up, more and more folks are getting vaccinated. You know, we were like, we we should we should maybe plan for trying to do what we were trying to do last year, you know, with this sort of like block party idea. And so in that thinking, I, I recall that Hood Liberation, they actually were planning to do a Rose City Market last, I believe last uh, Black Friday. So the day after Thanksgiving last year. Um, and they had a great, great setup in terms of like how they were going to do it and, and bringing in local vendors, black and brown businesses to be a part. But again, you know, because of COVID, that got that got canceled. And so... In thinking of, of, of that event, and then I was like, I think it'd be a great idea if we maybe reached out to them and see if they'd be willing to collaborate and create this sort of like, you know, we can bring our two our two powers together and create this sort of like 626 Dina Day. Um, so reached out to them. They were beyond ecstatic to, to potentially partner with us. So we started kind of just talking out ideas and, and really visualizing how this could work. And when we got word that like the governor was planning to open up uh, the state, you know, like on June 15th or something like June 1st, I think it was at the time we were like, let's, let's, let's plan for it. Let's go for it. And so the rest is history. So we've been, we've been meeting, (laughs) we've been meeting weekly for the past few months and really trying to set the groundwork for um, what we're hoping will be an amazing, uh, an amazing event in, in, in 626 Dina day. And we're calling it Dina day 
specifically because we want to make sure that we're we're also including Altadena, right? So typically when you think Pasadena, you just think obviously just the city of Pasadena, but Altadena, our neighbor, a lot of people who went to all the Pasadena high schools and schools live in Altadena and vice versa. I mean, it's... I like to I like to think of Pasadena Altadena as just one large city. There, some people are very specific and like you know I'm no I live in Altadena I'm from Altadena et cetera et cetera. But we want to we want to we want to include everyone. We're all about you know inclusion, um, and so you know we're we're we're, deem, we're deeming it Dina Day um, rather than Pasadena Day to incorporate our neighbors up in Altadena as well. Very cool. With the time we have left, I want to ask uh, two more questions. Which is, when you think about the next year or the next five years of Pasadena Classic, what is your vision for the company? You talked about maybe a a physical location in old Pasadena. Uh, You talked about kind of growing the Rose City Market and Dina Day, you know, to be an annual event. When you're thinking about and kind of planning for the future, where do you see yourself? Where do you see the brand in one year, five years, 10 years? I envision just steady growth um, and just more work and finding ways to continue to to support and uplift the community. You know, I see I see more events such as 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 young ones are returning to school, you know, maybe maybe school supply drives, you know, then we'll do, you know, obviously like our uh, our holiday toy drive. Um, keep that up. So really trying to establish just different events that will just become, you know, annual, annual events for us that will be known for, um, that we continue to, to build partnerships throughout the city with and for and collaborate with and just continue to build, continue to be, continue to be the, you know, you know, a brand for the city that, that people know and love and recognize and um, support and, you know, just, just get behind, you know, in the next five years. Definitely see us in our own brick and mortar in, in Old Town. There's a specific location in mind, but I'm going to keep that to myself. <laughs> but yeah, having our own shop, finding ways, finding ways to to um, to engage the youth, whether it's through internships, whether it's through classes that we that we may offer workshops, just different ways, just different ways to to make sure that our presence is, is known and felt in the city. So my final question is that. You know, you're an artist, you're a small business owner, you're a community activist as well, but you're also a husband and a father. When you think about your girls, and before we talk, before we started this show, we talked about our families. What do you want them to remember about your contribution to your family's history? And what do you want their future to look like here in Pasadena? I want, I want them to to know that I love the city, you know, and that that I wanted to serve the city and give back to the city. You know, to be honest, I think a lot of my a lot of clarity happened when 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 our first our first born was born um, back in 2016. Just in terms of my goals, my vision, the legacy that I want to sort of create for them. But I also want to make sure it's not something that I f- that they feel pressured to uphold, right? Like, I, if anything, I, I just want them to, to to feel inspired to follow their passion, follow their dreams, and and to be of the community, you know, um, whatever community that is. You know, it may not necessarily be the Pasadena community, but you know, maybe it's wherever they're living when they're when they're older or what what have you. But there's a there's a a theme of service that that has trickled down from my grandfather 
through all of us that, you know, I, I'm hoping to instill in them that they carry on when, when they're older as well. That's beautifully said. So with that, Rose City Market and 626 Dina Day will be held on Saturday, June 26th, which is 626 from noon to 7 p.m. at 2283 North Fair Oaks Avenue, which is the Metropolitan Baptist Church in Altadena. Is that correct? Yep, that's correct. With passing a classic, you are definitely leaving your mark on our city. And you are showing your children and a whole generation how to turn a passion into something empowering. And for that, thank you very much for doing so. So Dennis, thank you very much for being on the show and being so generous with your time. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I greatly, greatly appreciate the time, James, and, uh, and look forward to, to many more chats. Thank you. Again, my many thanks to Dennis for coming on the show. For more information on Passing the Classic, please visit PassingTheClassic.com. That's PasadenaClsc.com. And follow them on Facebook and Instagram. If you're interested in attending the Rose City Market, it will be held on Saturday, June 26th from noon to 7 p.m. at 2286 North Fair Oaks Avenue which is the Metropolitan Baptist Church in Altadena. Before I close the show, I wanted to do some housekeeping. The largest challenge with creating a podcast is consistency. However, when it's a passion project, it is hard to balance work, family, life, and being a self-taught producer. Attracting great guests sometimes takes time, and that is the reason why the show has dark periods. However, going forward, I'm going to try to commit to dropping a show every two weeks. I think it creates some regularity and gives me some breathing room to make the best show I can. Thank you for your understanding and thank you for listening. If you're a business owner or community leader and want to share your story, please let me know as I would love to hear more about you and have you on the show. If you have enjoyed this conversation, please consider subscribing so that you don't miss an episode. You can find the show on iTunes, Spotify, Overcast, Breaker, and several other platforms. And if you have a moment, please rate and review the show so that others can find it. I would love your comments, feedback, and suggestions. You can reach me at james at thecrowncitypodcast.com and follow me on Instagram at crowncitypodcast and Facebook. You've been listening to the Crown City Podcast. And until next time, please remember, stay well. Stay positive, and as always, see you around town.